It takes more than a swag t-shirt that just says computers to be a great software engineer. <laughs> this is episode 374 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about all of the non-technical stuff that goes into the technical field of software development. And just imagine if you were a vendor named computers. <laughs> Uh. passing out socks and t-shirts and stuff <laughs> don't you remember how some years ago apple changed their name from apple computers to just apple what what you don't know is that they actually forked into two companies one just called apple and one <laughs> called computers <laughs> sometimes you'll find them at developer conferences handing out t-shirts <laughs> computers is still in stealth mode i guess yeah <laughs> all right this episode is sponsored by One Schema, which is the best way to build CSV import into your application. More about them later. I want to thank all of our patrons. Thank you to these folks who contribute to the level that we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Never is not just a crater on Mars flamingo emoji. <laughs> Trash Panda, the computersciencebook.com, Kyle Boss, Valentin at Datafold, Santa Hopar, Kenzie Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Shardle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, the Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Muskingum, Ohio. Muskingum. Patreon.com, we're hiring. I looked this one up. Muskingum. It's Muskingum. Muskingum, Ohio. Patreon.com, we're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Webtow, Awesome and Den Testing, Oladapo, Fadye, Will Angel, Ragnar, Nick Hathaway, Travis, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Cody Sale, and Nick Cantar. And one-time shout-outs to Matt, the Dr. Pepper Kid, and I like chicken, I like liver, meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate the sound I hear in my head when I read those words. Oh, I actually imported those from, from Patreon, and I just didn't read the last one until you said it. <laughs> I'll read anything. Oh, my goodness. I won't pronounce it right. That's extra. but That costs extra. There is a tear for that. I'll try to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. If you would like to support the show, you can go to support us on, uh, too. Well, you can't go to support us on Patreon. You have to first go to softskills.audio yes. and then click support us on Patreon. That order will work, and if you swap them, it will not work. <laughs> Any amount will get you an invite to our Slack team. Any amount above a certain limit that is on the website that I've since forgotten will get you a weekly shout out. <laughs> and you help pay for the show, so thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Do you want to read our first question, Dave? I do. This comes from someone who calls themselves needs more sleep. <laughs> All right. Needs more sleep says morning exclamation mark. I will cut straight to the chase. I am burned out and tired. At the same time, I'm aiming to get a promotion during the next cycle. My manager is aware of the latter, but not the former. Should I tell them? I suspect that I would get a lighter workload and less responsibilities, but it might also impact my chances at getting a promotion. The project I'm working is a, quote, high stakes, tight deadlines mess. I usually would just take a week or two of PTO, but the tight deadlines make it hard. Do I grin and bear it till promotion cycle, which is another four to six months away, or just tell my manager and risk loosing the rewards? Sorry, I had to, <laughs> I had to intentionally mispronounce loosing. That was just my spelling nerd coming out. I apologize. All is forgiven. Oh, hmm. Well, first, I'm going to, there's a chance that you tell your manager you're burnt out and tired, and then you get some adjustment to your workload or move to a different project or whatever and still get promoted. It feels 
pretty unlikely though. I'm I'm kind of assuming this is an either or. Either you make your job more bearable and try and recover from burnout, or you try and just suck it up and suffer through and get promotion or get the promotion. Yeah. Does that seem correct to you? Yeah. Basically the question is do you love money and title increases more than your own personal what what's the word here? Well being? <laughs> is that maybe the what we're looking at? I know what you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> and yet every point in your career, you've chosen the opposite, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Just imagine yourself on your deathbed filled with regret <laughs> that you didn't suck it up for four more months to get that promotion. One of my favorite TV shows is 30 Rock. It's getting old now, but there's this corporate vice president character who's on his deathbed. And his last words are, I wish I had spent more time at the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you're burnt out, four to six months on a high stakes, tight deadline mess of a project sounds, uh, you might not even make it. Even yeah, exactly. If you just try and suck it up. <laughs> you're going to crack at some point. You're, you're going to be yeah. like 5.5 months into the six month cycle and you're just going to flip out. <laughs> yeah. And then guess what's going to happen to that promotion? yeah even if you choose yeah i choose to sacrifice myself for the promotion and then you burn out anyways you also might choose to push through and not get the promotion yeah oh you're you're aiming to get a promotion i mean cool (laughs) (laughs) so are a lot of people yeah it might not happen saving a giant dumpster fire mess is is pretty visible so i think there is there's some promotion juice you could squeeze out of that, but yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control about saving that and about whether saving that means you get a promotion. You know, I'm I, we did we read into this four to six months number on there that I, is labeled as the promotion cycle. There's another oh, time frame to keep in mind here, which is how much longer is this high stakes, tight deadline mess going to happen? Is there light at the end of a tunnel two weeks away, or is it like never? There, there is no light. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a permanent state. And is it only going to get worse with that promotion? Yeah. If I'm a manager on this team, I'm imagining I, I am kind of aware that this important person is getting burnt out. I'm just trying to think through what it would look like from the other side. And if your manager is good and paying, I mean, maybe they're not. And maybe that's why it's this high stakes, tight deadline mess. I feel like they would rather know and help you because I think the risk of you not working there anymore is much higher if you burn out than than if you don't and relax and try and work more sustainably. I don't I don't think it'll be like a big failure if you're feeling burnt out. And I also think it's a it's a risk to the project if you're trying to carry the whole thing on your back and your back is being squashed yeah, exactly. by the the weighty burdens of life. That's that's bad. Then the project's not <laughs> going to do well. Yeah. The whole thing explodes. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. This, this thing you're working so hard for might be undermined by your own, let's call it myopic focus on delivery and, and promotion. So yeah. I don't know. I'm probably going to set myself a time window if I was in this situation because what I've found is that burnout is is easy to stave off if you know that there's an end, if you know there's a finish line. You know, I can march pretty long. And if even if you tell me, look, it's going to be two months, three months, like okay, I will I will set my pace, 
and I will muscle through the next three months. I will talk to the people that are close to me in my personal life, and I'll, I'll put them on notice that I've got to be a little out of balance for the next three months with an understanding mm-hmm. that, that I will drastically reduce my amount of work at that point. Now, Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the last time I was on a software project of that's in that's measured in the months of delivery time that actually delivered on time. So that's something <laughs> to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, there, there's an attribute of uh, high stakes, tight deadline messes, which is they typically take longer than you think they're going to take. <laughs> Even when you take into account this rule that they typically take yeah. longer than you think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good news. The mess will only last three more months. It's pretty unlikely that the mess will only last three more months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rough. I mean, there's also a chance that the mess will go on long enough that you have time to recover and then come back and still, <laughs> and yeah. still have a big impact on the mess. Yeah, that's a good point. If the mess really is long, taking a one-week PTO is probably not going to actually have much impact in the end. Yeah. Tight deadlines. I mean, a week or two of PTO. It also kind of depends on what deadlines means here. Where are, are these estimates that were turned into deadlines? Are these hard external deadlines that a bunch of, I don't know, there's a meteor this right. is to save the earth <laughs> right. the meteor is arriving mm-hmm. on this day we call those gravitationally imposed deadlines they're, they're pretty real <laughs> celestially imposed deadlines yes. <laughs> uh, it's not arbitrary it's astronomy <laughs> i and, and i guess i'm bringing this up because i i suspect most stressful deadlines i have observed have at the root someone's desire to not disappoint someone else True. And not like the actual success of this depends on this specific date. Obviously, businesses would like things faster. and Yeah, because it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper. You get to get the value out of it earlier. Yeah. But someone somewhere maybe put this on a quarterly plan and the end of the quarter is approaching. And like, boy, would it be good if the thing we said we would do at the beginning of the quarter is done at the end of the quarter. That's sort of like the shape of most stressful deadlines I've seen, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Like, basically, I told someone it would be done, and I don't want to tell them yeah. it's late. Yeah, I told someone it would be done, or they told me, I want this done by this date, and uh, it's it's uncomfortable, or, or you, you risk losing face. Someone risks losing face if it's not delivered by then. So I, I guess my point is, you could investigate if that is true. If, if, there's, if there's hard external commitments, then this is harder. But yeah. maybe this constraint of, I can't take a week or two of PTO because of these tight deadlines is less hard than you think either because it won't affect those deadlines or because it's fine it's better to have a non-burnt out question asker even if it takes a little bit longer to deliver well i i actually contend that depending on the time scale and how burnt out you are that if you like let's just say it's an eight week deadline if you take a week off and then spend the next seven weeks working at your full capacity is it really going to be done later, you think? You think it'll take nine weeks to finish if you do that? I contend that, well, at least I'll tell you my own experience. My output, my engineering output, when I'm at my best, it's not just like 10% better than when I'm at my worst. It's like multiples better, you know? And so if I am at a point where my mind is just not functioning, well, I'm tired, I'm burned out, I'm frustrated... I am just not going to produce good engineering output, even in even in quantity, let alone quality. So taking a week yeah. off 
might actually cause this project to be done sooner, or at least your output will be better, and it might be a lot better. So I don't know, man, I, I would probably have that conversation with my manager. And, and, and rather than just saying, I'm burned out and tired, we need to extend these deadlines, I would say, I've been working insane hours. It's been too long. Like, tell them how long it's been. Say, I think my output is suffering. I need to give my brain a rest, just like you would take a break on a marathon. You know, if you were running and your muscles weren't producing peak output, you would give them a moment to recover. You can't run straight uphill indefinitely. You got to take recovery. And in the same way, your brain needs some recovery. So I would probably say to my manager, I think this project will be more successful and more likely to deliver on time if I take a week off. As, as paradoxical as that sounds, I think it will be true. And maybe you don't need a whole week. Maybe you just need a few days to reset. Whatever, whatever it'll take. One risk there is that even if you individually will be faster, there are other folks depending on, like you need to hand something off to someone else so they can go do a thing. True. And if you take a week off, that's a week that they're waiting for that thing. And, and so even if you're faster overall the rest of the time, it puts them a week behind. That's and a really good point. I don't think that's an insurmountable problem but it would require coordination and work from your manager. So maybe they have to help that other group switch to a different thing and, and kind of unblock themselves. Not a reason to not do this, but I think more of a reason to bring your manager in so that they can help prepare and, and make sure the project is still effective while you're out. Yes, I think so. And I think everything, in terms of the perception of your manager in getting this promotion, everything hinges on the attitude you bring to this discussion. If you bring the attitude of, I'm tired, I need to rest, I, I, me, 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 then your manager is going to take that as, this is a self-interested person who doesn't care about the success of our project or company, potentially. But if you come to the discussion with, I want this to be successful, and I think the best way to make it successful is for me to take some time off. And I've made these four arrangements to ensure that my collaborative work and responsibilities will be handled in my absence. Hmm. I think it's a very different mentality. And frankly, if I if someone came to me like that, I mean, my immediate reaction would probably be a little bit of frustration. Like, what do you mean? We're all working here. Just get in and row the boat with me, you know? Yeah. But I also really couldn't argue with that that logic is sound. It's like, oh yeah, come and row, except you can only use one hand. You know, it's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. There's certainly a work environment out there where this will not (laughs) be successful. Like if if the whole team is feeling burnt out, if they're all, if everyone's putting in really long hours, it might be like this betrayal of the team. What do you mean? You can't, can't take it. You can't handle the, the shared pain we're all going through. But Hopefully you don't work there. I think there is a chance if you can recover quickly enough that you can still have a big impact and maybe have it both ways. Maybe. I I do think it, it depends a lot on how early and how much it affects the project and how, I'm trying to think of the right word here, how effective you are when you come back. Because yeah. if, if this turns into you getting a reputation as someone who like can't handle the stress, that could be tough but it's, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Maybe you should start a little mutiny and have the whole team take a week of PTO. Mm. Mutiny might not be the right word. <laughs> Nothing gets promotions like whiffs of union labor organization. <laughs> <laughs> Managers love that on software teams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what if we all took collective action together as laborers? <laughs> collective pto (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
we're actually going to spend the week just in a picket line out in front of the office. <laughs> That'll really help me reset. <laughs> All right, have we answered the question? I think so. Jameson, have I told you my one rule? There's a lot of one rules. <laughs> Maybe, hit, hit me with this one rule. Okay, my one rule is never build your own CSV importer. My one rule is to never say never. Well, building a CSV importer always seems like it would be so simple. It's just commas, new lines. How hard could it be? Well, no. Have you heard of byte order marks, escaping, header mappings? Oh, you need Excel format too? Oh, and your users have comma-separated values inside their comma-separated values? <laughs> I've actually tried to do this at a previous company. We tried to build our own CSV import, and it was almost done for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> because to get it working in just the initial setup is pretty swift. Yeah. And then there's so much extra that goes into it to really polish it, to give error handling and user feedback and handling all the unexpected stuff that isn't like the test data that you feed into it before you call it done. Well, I have good news for you. There's a new product that I wish had existed for the last 20 years to save me from myself. It's called One Schema. One Schema provides an API that takes care of the pain of building CSV imports. It gives you automatic field mapping, data validation, and much more. Get world-class CSV import into your product without reinventing the comma-separated wheel. Go to <laughs> oneschema.co slash soft skills. That's O-N-E schema dot co slash soft skills let's go to our next one you want to read it all right i do want to read it this is from an anonymous listener i am about to get promoted to l6 which my company calls lead engineer but i have to move to another team for it to happen the other team already has a few people who are applying for that same promotion and they got passed over for my promotion they've also been developers longer than me four years for me so i'm worried about tension on the team when i join on top of that, I'll be learning this role too. How can I make room for myself to have failures and make poor decisions while also not undermining my expertise? How can I step into this lead role while not stepping on the toes of the engineers already on the team? Any tips for someone leading a team for the first time while also joining that team? Oh, wow. This is a tricky one. I'm assuming that the people who were passed over for the promotion were on the team that you're now joining. Yeah... I think that, yeah, that's how I read it as well. Let's assume that because that's the most dramatic scenario. It's the spiciest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you got to go through challenges altogether, I think. Prove yourself. Like some kind of uh, physical challenge? Like walking yeah, on hot like coals or something? Of, yeah, walking on hot coals and, and then tests of, of mental toughness, <laughs> fortitude. Do the, like, do the Navy SEALs admissions test? Yeah. Go lay in the ocean <laughs> while the waves batter you. Defeat them in something. And then if you don't, what happens if you don't rise to the top of that competition? Then you need to turn it into a lesson about how you were letting them win to build them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm making space for you to feel successful. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't know what the right answer is. It's that I want you to explore and, and develop yourself. How can you grow finding the right answer? if I just tell you what to do? Yeah, but I could, but I won't. Yeah, because even if I reveal... <laughs> but I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you're unsure, you just have to say, well, I know what the right thing is. 
but I want to know what you think yeah, about oh, this. Yeah, obviously. And then I'm going to ask two or three other people and reveal that my opinion, coincidentally, is whatever the majority of you say. <laughs> I think you have to have some humility here. You, I don't know that you need to like awkwardly acknowledge, like, sorry, I stole your spot or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think if 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 these people are disappointed, they're they're gonna be just binoculars to their face looking for any sign that you appear to be trying to play yourself off as more capable or competent than you are. Mm. So this is generally true about higher, I don't know, levels of promotion levels in a company. But I feel like, especially in this case where you're you're new to the role, um, I think it's okay to be clear about what you do and don't know. And it's also okay to ask a lot of questions and that's natural joining a new team you're gonna need to learn some stuff these questions are in addition to the questions you ask to test people's knowledge right yes <laughs> yes that's true yeah but yeah i guess i'm telling you what not to do not what to do but what not to do is pretend like you know everything and you're better than them yeah that you 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 won because you're better than them yeah i would say never hide your ignorance if there's something you don't know be completely open about that if I've learned anything from 374 episodes of this show, it's definitely never hide my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I've been not hiding it for years. It's on, on display. A podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's out there. Yeah. How can I step into this lead role while not stepping on the toes of the engineers already on the team? There's also something here about ability versus role on the team. And I think generally we expect folks in higher levels to be more capable, but there's also some amount of, there's kind of a different job that you need to do. So if, if you, if your job is to make the whole team effective, it sounds like this is kind of like tech lead ish, maybe not a engineering manager, but, but something about making the whole team do stuff, then you're not going to be stepping on the toes of the engineers already on the team because they're going to be focused on a smaller piece of the work. And it's not that you necessarily have to be able to do all of their individual jobs better than they could do them themselves. It's that you need to be able to look at the whole team and make that effective. And you can do that by working with people that know stuff that you don't and are good at stuff that you are not good at. Just say that to them. (laughs) Just play them. Just play them that part. Yeah. Maybe, maybe play this episode. (laughs) We can all have sit down and have a team listen. Yeah. See what they think about our dumb jokes about defeating them in in combat <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, this is... Uh, when I read this question, Jameson, I actually had a, a pretty strong negative reaction to it. And and I sort of still have that. I think it can be, I can, it can be surmounted, but what... Is it the four years thing? No, no, it's... Uh, it, oh, interesting. So I, I have a strong preference when when giving people a team leadership responsibility that they should have some experience on the team. Mm. So we're talking like a technical leader who, I don't know, I'll just tell you, coming into a brand new team and being expected to perform a lead function, you've got two things going against you here. Number one, you have no experience on this team with their software, with their code, with their processes. So that's, that's challenge number one. Challenge number two is, you have no experience at this level being a team lead. And that those are two pretty big challenges. That's going to be hard to overcome. 
if I was assigning someone to be a team lead like this, I would I would either bring in someone who has experience leading a team or someone who has experience on the team but without the leadership experience. And in both those scenarios, I think you'd be pretty likely to succeed. But here, the deck is kind of stacked against you a little bit. And the third factor where you've got people who wanted this job and did not get it and you got it instead might create resentment on the team, which is another headwind. So this will be this will be a very interesting and challenging situation for you. And Jameson, here I'm talking specifically to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but boy, I mean, it's going to be hard. I think I, I would not. I would walk into this with a, a healthy degree of fear. Just my just thinking about how I would I would feel walking into it. You're saying this is what you recommend, or this is what you no, you would be feeling sorry, if you're I, in this. Situation. I, I'm saying that if you, I think you should <laughs> you should feel fear. <laughs> no, I I'm saying that I, if I were dropped into this situation and looked up one day and said, okay, first time lead, f- brand new to the team, go get it. I would I would be scared. That would be scary to yeah, me. But good news, they asked us and we're here to <laughs> soothe all their fears. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think what you have to do is find out why they were all passed over for you and just jab them with that if they ever give you any grief. Well, maybe if you hadn't have... <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of Maybe something. if you had reversed that linked list a little faster on the whiteboard during the promotion interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would also talk to the manager who made this decision because here, here you have a little bit of an interesting, uh, let's call it a complex situation because you've got at least two managers involved. Your, your old manager for, for the team that you're leaving and the new manager for the team that you're going to, they've come to an agreement that you're the right person for this job somehow. And it would be great to talk to them and say, what, you know, what are your expectations here? Why did you choose me? What do I bring to this? Just to have that in your back pocket. I don't think you need to advertise that or share that information with the team. Just know what does success look like in the eyes of, of this new manager, especially. And, and try to, I don't know, try to align the team with that. And then just, boy, you just can't be humble enough in this situation. You're going to need to really work on your likability, I think, to get this team to follow you. And and be really vulnerable about the fact that, hey, I'm learning along with you all. You know, I'm super open to feedback and then do it. Like the first time that team gives you feedback, take it. Take that feedback and then show them that you're doing it. Tell them, you know, a couple weeks later, say, hey, I've been working on this since I got that feedback from you. I hope it's looking good. You know, really just, you're going to have to make them just really like you, <laughs> I think. And yeah, that's actually a good thing for any lead, but especially here. What if the feedback is, you shouldn't be the lead engineer. I should be the lead engineer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so rough. That might happen. Then then you just swap for a day. <laughs> and you're okay. expecting them to to then regret their, oh, no, I, I, I see now the burdens of this role. Yes, and then they swap it's back It's too heavy. Frodo, yeah. take the ring back. <laughs> yeah. But it's, then they don't and you're just sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, actually, I'm great at this. <laughs> I think one uh, thing you can do is 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 sort of what you're doing by asking this question, trying to learn from others' experience. You have not been in this role directly before, but lots of people have. It's a common role in the industry. Yeah. And if you can find a group of peers or colleagues to talk to about work situations or about skills and, and things to do in this role, I think that could... That could help ease the learning curve for being successful in it. It won't directly help the folks that are upset that they were not promoted. But I think if you're good at your job, you'll win people over. If you do a good job, they'll they'll 
people like it when they work with competent other people. Yeah, for sure. Well, did we answer the question? <laughs> I think so. Good luck. I'm thinking, I mean, do you remember those? Did you ever, did you ever have to do like posters about yourself in grade school or did your kids have to do them? Yeah. I think the first day of school and everyone fills out a poster of like, here's a picture of my pets and hobbies and right. my favorite places I've ever been. You could just bring one of those too. That would be really cool. Just bring a poster. And then make everyone else bring one too. It'd be like a science fair. Yeah. yeah do a science fair. That'd be cool. <laughs> Team building activity. Everyone loves science fairs. Now you have to make the best volcano. Yes. This is my vinegar. <laughs> of- oh, actually. Have a vinegar and baking soda volcano competition. That would be fun. I'm trying to remember what else people did at science fairs, and I know that's that the only one. All of it. That's the. It's that. I re, I remember shoebox dioramas. I don't oh, yes. remember what was in them at all. Like the and water then cycle, solar maybe. system models. Yes. those are the three things I feel like <laughs> yes. happened at every science fair I did. Round styrofoam balls hanging from a yeah. coat hanger. Yep. Dioramas, and of course the Brian Regan cup of dirt. all right now you can't fail okay good luck (laughs) we've given you we've given you the tools now it's on you to succeed let us know how the science fair goes (laughs) yeah good luck this is a tricky situation yes it is but we have faith in you the fact that you had the self-awareness to write in and ask this question bodes very well for you and the good judgment to listen to this show (laughs) how could you fail You'll you'll be fine Oh, good luck. All right. What can people do? <laughs> what can people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave? If even after hearing our answers to the last two questions, you want to write a question in, then go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where you can fill out our little form. You can give us as much or as little information as you like. You can be anonymous or anonymous. And we really thank you because a lot of people do that every week. And we love, we absolutely love reading those. And if you have had your question answered on the show, there's like 700 now roughly we would love to hear from you how did it go use that same form softskills.audio click ask a question and just fill that out and let us know some of you have been doing that and we love reading those we got to do better about sharing those on the air and that's how you do it all right thank you we will catch you next week